Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, oh, you were in a fugue state and you bought two books and you're like, I don't know why that happened. Well, we have been joking that uh, Julia and I may have Freaky Friday'd. <laughs> so that's why that happened. Oh, you were right. me. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and you just randomly bought some books because that's what... Kelly took over and that's what happened. <laughs> Can I talk to Kelly? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? It's time for what you should read. The podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your team. I have that, but I haven't read it yet. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And this is What You Should Read. The podcast where we should all over our books. We are back with another episode. There are 90 days left in the year, should heads. So we thought this would be a good time to check in and talk about how this year of reading has been kind of different for us. We're we're struggling in in different ways. Um, So we just thought it would be for a different kind of episode just to have a discussion about so far our year in reading, or for some of us, our year in not so much reading. <laughs> Absolutely. It's we're we're definitely going to be doing a lot of shooting today, I think. Yes. So much shooting, almost no doing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a this will be a maybe a little bit different, not maybe not as many recommendations, although maybe I think that there's room for a discussion about, you know, what books maybe are helping us get out of a slump or, or what books we, we, you know, have read this year that, um, that went, you know, that went well. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we are going to start as we always do with what are we currently reading? So Kelly, what are you reading this week? Uh, well, when we first talked about doing the show, I was reading fairy tale by Stephen King. And uh, we'll get into that in uh, the next main segment. But I finally finished that. And I am now reading A Merry Little Meet Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. I am, I think, about to start chapter five. And I'm 67 pages in. Um, It's very cute. I like it so far. I just finished that. I would agree. It's really cute. And it's a a raunch calm. So if that's your thing, this is definitely definitely a good one. Um, Kel, uh, sorry, Rachel, what are you reading? Um, currently nothing. I mean, I have several books in progress, which I think I'll talk about later. Um, but I don't know. I just haven't picked up in a book in several weeks, um, since last time we recorded definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. Cause I'm liking all the books that I've started. Cause like, I haven't, like I DNF books if I don't like them and I just give them away. But like I have a stack here of books that are just have a bookmark partway through that I just I haven't continued. Same with some audiobooks and an ebook. So I don't know. Maybe I should pick up Mary Little Meet Cute because you both like it so much. Maybe that'll be something. Break the ice. It's an easy read. You know, it's it's right. fun. It's Julie Murphy. Yeah. Okay, I am reading an arc of a book that's coming out in November. It's None of This Would Have Happened If Prince Were Alive by Carolyn Prusa. It's fun. It's uh, about a woman who lives in Savannah. She's married. She has two kids. And it's interesting that I started reading it now because in the book, a hurricane is about to hit Savannah. Mm. And, you know, there's that awful hurricane that is... um, that just hit Florida and, um, is, you know, traveling up the East coast hurricane Ian. So I was like, Oh, this is good timing to read this. But so she and her husband are trying to decide, like, should we evacuate? Should we, you know, ride it out? What are we going to do? Our, our daughter's not potty trained. So evacuating sounds awful. Mm, (laughs) And she finds out her husband's cheating on her. And yeah, and work is just really stressing out. So it's like everything's crumbling all around her. And she starts thinking about how she's like, I didn't used to always be stressed out like this. I used to have a creative side. I love, Mm -hmm. she loves Prince and she, you know, a lot of the flashbacks have to do with her memories about listening to Prince music or the day he died and that sort of thing. Um, And it's definitely written in a very uh, amusing, witty style. It's compared to Where'd You Go Bernadette and the, and I can definitely see why. 
So that's been fun so far. And then I'm listening to, this has been slow going. I haven't really made much progress on it, but it, it, and not because it's not good, but because of, you know, what we're going to talk about today, it's just been a hard year of reading. Uh, But the school for good, good mothers by Jessamine Chan narrated by Catherine Ho. It was one of Obama's favorite books of the year last year. And it is really good. It's about, it's kind of a dystopian novel where basically child protective services will, uh, you know, punish women who make parenting mistakes and, and men too. But she, this woman, she, I mean, it is kind of bad. She leaves her daughter home alone and goes into work to just grab something real quick and then loses track of time and ends up leaving her daughter home alone for over an hour. And the neighbors call child protective services or whatever the equivalent is in this society. Um, And she gets sentenced to go to this reform school basically for uh, bad moms. And it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that happens in the book, you could see it happening because a lot of it has happened, you know, women getting punished for, you know, I feel like, you know, there you hear those stories, like, you know, a woman leaves her child at a park to play while she goes to take care of something and, or, you know, just letting your kids ride their bikes outside unaccompanied. Um, but then, then it goes a little further in terms of, you know, the, the reform school and everything is weird. They use like robots, <laughs> robot children to teach them how to be better mothers. Yeah. Well, there's some weird stuff happening. Um, yeah, so far it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is one of those things where I'm sure most of the time, like 99% of the time, you would let your kid play alone in a park and it would be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And then that other percent of the time, there's a neighborhood predator. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I know you guys are several years younger than I am, but um, I mean, I, I feel like when I was growing up, it wasn't quite the we left the house at eight in the morning and came back after sunrise in the or after sunset, sorry, in the summer. But um, you know, I mean, I I did not have the the level of supervision that I think kids have now. And mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time it is fine. But when it's not fine, it's really not fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't really have a point to that. I'm just kind of putting off. Well, I mean, I agree. I agree. As I'm reading this book, there's a part of me that's like, <clears> this <throat> is way too much of a nanny state, you know? Yeah. And then the other part of me is like, well, but she did leave her kid alone. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that, I think the conflict comes with what happens after, because it, I actually just listened um, yesterday to um, the latest episode of Getting Curious, where JVN interviewed a, an expert on the like foster care and child care system in the U.S., like, and how it's been something that has been turned into like something so punitive um, that like families aren't getting support to help with issues with their children. They're just getting punished, right? And it's not good for anybody, including the children, especially. Um, because like, you know, people make mistakes or maybe not even, and they're, they're fine or they're victims of the system. Um, and then they get punished for it, um, in a way that doesn't really solve the problem. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. So it's a good book. It's thought provoking. It would definitely be a great book club pick. Sure. Yeah. I bet. When you're looking for something. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, here we go. Okay, so it's not exactly breaking news that um, publishers and libraries have been at odds in terms of what uh, fair use is for audiobooks and ebooks, mm. right? Because on the one hand, it's very important to make sure that everybody who wants to read a book has access to it. Uh, through a library. Um, But also, it is just as important to make sure that publishers and especially authors are fairly compensated for these books. And um, so that's been ongoing for quite a while. 
And because the books in question aren't physical copies, they theoretically could be loaned out forever. So how do you make sure that both sides are, are fairly, you know, taken care of? Mm. Um, so as of 2021, um, the big five publishers had more or less the same, the same deal. Um, Hachette, Macmillan, Penguin Random House, and Simon & Schuster all offer access for two years. And they have the one copy, one user rule, which basically, as you would imagine, just means if you buy five ebooks, they can be loaned out five, like, you know, to five people. It's not like one copy can be loaned out at the same time to like Multiple. more than one person. Yeah. So just like a physical book, mm-hmm. one copy, one person. Um, they also have um specific criteria. Each each book is paid for separately only a few books or a select number of books are um, offered up as this, usually backlist, not necessarily. And they support class set sales, which means that you can get um, basically enough for a particular class if it's offered in school. So there's that. The big difference is HarperCollins, which does not do a two-year term. It's 26 circulations per purchase, which is not much at all. No. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, like they all have the right to um set up the models that they want, and then public libraries can go for it or not, you know, capitalism, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and that's accurate as of February 16th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately, uh libraries have been kind of pushing back, especially in this post-pandemic, I mean, I guess if you listen to uh, post-Joe Biden, post-pandemic worlds, and for the rest of us, maybe a still-in-pandemic world, um, you know, this is different. It's not like people necessarily have a choice between reading online or listening to audiobooks or going into the library if the library is closed. You know, if you want a book, you have to be able to acquire it online, right? So they are pushing back and they've gotten um, some authors released an open letter basically asking that this be, you know, renegotiated and fairly presented. So a group of um, a group called Fight the Future, which is an advocacy group, published an open letter that was made public last week. And more than 300 people have signed, uh, mostly, but not entirely authors, including Chuck Wendig, Neil Gaiman, and Cory Doctorow. But over 300 people uh, are asking that libraries, the right to um, borrow ebooks and audiobooks, like be enshrined, basically. And they are demanding in this open letter. Um, enshrine the, the right of libraries to own, preserve, and loan books on reasonable terms, regardless of format, end lawsuits aimed to intimidate libraries, and halt industry-led smear campaigns against librarians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am not I am not aware of either of the last two things, at least in terms of coming from publishers, although I would definitely agree that libraries are coming under attack, but I don't think that's necessarily the publishers going on or their decision to do it. Sorry to interrupt. I wonder if that's coming from, because in that same article, the AAP mentioned, like, this isn't about traditional libraries. This is about website, you know, making it so that websites that are just claiming that they are libraries aren't able to like basically e-pirate books. So I don't, and I don't know how like true that is, but I wonder if that's where that's coming from, where like that that talking point is maybe making it harder for legit libraries to function. Um, Cause I can totally see, you know, a digital only library being a totally legit thing. Right. And maybe should be, you know, going forward and as well as public, you know, in-person spaces are very, still very important community spaces. So I, sorry, that was just an aside to say, I wonder if that's where that's coming from, because I agree. I haven't heard, I I don't know what the smear campaign against libraries or librarians is from publishers, definitely from 
right-wing extremists mm-hmm. and right. hate groups who are campaigning for sure to make out that librarians are trying to groom children and, and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, mentioning that, um, Daniel Handler, who is better known as Lemony Snicket, initially signed the letter, but then asked his name to be removed. And he released a statement um, basically disavowing his earlier support. Um, And I do think it's because of that, because already e-piracy is a major problem. And it's already almost impossible to to get things taken down from an online online website. And Mm -hmm. I I do think the last thing we need is to make it so that e-piracy is now essentially legal and like even more impossible to do something about Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like it reminds me of the whole thing with amazon's return policy for their ebooks and how it's costing authors money when people buy the book the ebook through kindle and then read it and then return it at full price on audible that was a big Mm -hmm. problem yeah yeah it's happening with kindle books too wow yeah yeah it's hard with the situation. I see both sides. Mm-hmm. I think libraries absolutely need to be protected and mm-hmm. absolutely their right to to loan ebooks should be preser- like you know that should be a non-negotiable in this sure. day and age. On the other hand, you know, an ebook lasts forever. It doesn't go under the same wear and tear as a physical book does. So I can see why publishers want to put more limits on um, the licensing agreements for those. Um, so it's kind of, it, yeah. it's it's a hard situation, but I, there has to be some sort of compromise. There has to be right. a way to, you know, Hachette, was it Hachette or HarperCollins you said had that different deal? HarperCollins. And 26 yeah. loans, it's nothing, That's you know? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. A, print book, a print book would be able to be loaned out way more than that. Um, right. yeah, not forever, you know, but yeah. still. Like my thought was like, okay, what is the average amount of loan outs a physical book has before it gets to the point where a library is like, all right, we need to replace this. Like take that average amount and apply that to an ebook. Yeah. I also think there there could be different tiers, especially if it's a bestseller, you know, if it's a bestseller, maybe you'll pay a little more for a two-year licensing agreement for when it's the most pop, it's most popular and people are, you know, just want to take it out left and right. And then maybe for a book that's lesser known. Yeah, maybe 26 loans is enough forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, or or at least, you know, for a good long while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I mean, you could just say, well, okay, like here's a new release. We'll charge X amount for it. Or, you know, hey, James Patterson will be about the same price forever because, you know, people love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel when I when I get a digital copy on loan from the library, I feel very much guilt if I don't get to it right away mm-hmm. because of the, I know they have a limited number of times they can loan it out. So I yeah. I try to be really careful about the digital books that I request from Libby because yeah. I don't want to waste one for them. So that makes it hard too. No, and that just makes point. me more likely to just buy it or, you know, which is, you know, defeats the purpose of a library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I never really thought of it when I borrow like ebooks or audiobooks from the library. And if I don't end up actually reading them, which I kind of wasted. Yeah, it happens with physical books too. But, you know, the physical books are only limited by how long they last, not like the publishers watching how many times yeah you've yeah. loaned it out you know they don't they don't come in and look at the back flap with the stamps and go like oh <laughs> you've loaned us out this many times yeah but i do wonder if libraries put limits on books themselves mm. you know like this book can o- we can only loan it out a hundred times i don't know that mm-hmm. i don't know if that's true um i do i do think that they have to take books out of circulation at some point of course yeah, yeah. mm-hmm and then, then they sell them to me for a dollar. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a tough yeah. issue. I really hope, you know, I hope both both sides kind of come to an agreement. I also, I I wonder at the, the authors that signed that letter, you know, I respect them very much. I respect mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman a lot. But it's also like, if you were a less successful author, would you sign that? Right. Because you have less to lose. I don't know. 
in, in terms of royalties and things right like that. would you be know. worried about punishment or some sort of backlash or or just you know maybe you want a better deal for your book yeah if when it gets sold to a library it, yeah. i don't know it's yeah. capitalism makes sucks and it makes everything worse it is weird yeah I, I saw john green do a tiktok this morning about you know how he's like i still get even though like the library might only buy my book once it's still a good deal for me he feels but he's also a very big author so i don't know interesting yeah i don't know how authors see I'm sure it differs person to person and how they view the benefits of their book being in a library. That's true. Yeah. And I'm sure also the more, the more popular an author is, Mm -hmm. it probably doesn't matter because even if, you know, a million people borrow Stephen King's uh, books from the library, there's still millions more who will go out and buy it. Right. Like they know people are going to buy their book regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The more, and the more people that use the library, the more copies that library will require, will buy of that book Mm -hmm. too. You know, it's just supply and demand because Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with a friend once who said there was an author they didn't want to support and and they said oh and I can just if I want to read the next their books I can just get them from the library I said well you know that's still supporting the author because the more requests that library gets for that book they might buy more copies buy more copies and they they were like what (laughs) I was like yeah I mean there's yeah there's no way around it publishers aren't donating books to libraries (laughs) unfortunately right and and it's not like a one and done it's not like well I've already bought a copy of this book for my library I'm never buying one again they'll they'll, put another another order just like a bookstore right I mean I've seen some books even at my small town library I see multiple copies of some books on the shelf because they're popular and you know gonna have more than one person who want it Oh, but before moving on, uh, another problem is that, um, as you know, libraries also can loan out Kindles or tablets Mm. so that you can read or listen on that device. And apparently you can be charged up to five cents a minute for using that tablet. And uh, Susan, girlfriend of the pod, did the math and apparently reading or listening to fairy tale going by the um the hour thing on audible would ch- uh, cost you $58. Thanks Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of his shorter books. No. You might as well just it buy actually a is one of his shorter books. Yeah. What sorry? You could just buy a cheap Kindle. Yeah. Right. You, you could buy the hardback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, buy two it's, hardbacks. Yeah. That's that's crazy to me because like <laughs> I don't even know how they track how many minutes you use the tablet for, but it's just like, I don't know. It's weird to think that loaning out a tablet of some kind that you have to charge anything for any reason. Like, yeah, I mean, I can see maybe like a small fee for insurance purposes. I don't know. But like, charge it by the minute just seems weird like you're not using if you take it home you're not using any other of the library's resources it should be like a flat fee for the two weeks you have the book yeah yeah Yeah. and then if you want to renew it you have to renew the fee for the tablet too right which again i i can see even a library needing to charge because yeah the it's not like a book a tablet costs a lot of money so yeah stuff like this would be better if we gave more money to libraries you know if if that was a i don't know but no totally like as a society we we value corporations over social services right we don't value libraries the way we should or any other well because think about it i mean if we if we subsidized libraries more and made it so it was free to rent a kindle or a tablet who would that hurt amazon yeah, Cor- corporations, you know, big business, yeah, the people that, that sell make them. donations to politicians. I mean, it's <laughs> conspiracy mm-hmm. theory corner. Well, I mean, a, a well-educated population is not a not necessarily a, a population that people, certain people, would be interested in having. Right, right, that too. Or to say it straight out, studies have proven the more well-educated you are, the less likely you are to vote Republican. <laughs> System. Yeah. We are now a political podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we always have Friday me back. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I guess the next segment is recent acquisitions, which in light of the topic of today's episode is funny and fun. Um, so this is where we talk about the books we've recently bought, borrowed, or been given. So Julia, why don't you go first? I got Merry Little Meet Cute from Kelly for my birthday. Thank you, Kelly. And I loved it. I read it super quick. And then uh, Rachel and I and a bunch of our friends and family recently went on a trip to Greece, which was super fun. And on my way back, I was in the Istanbul airport for my connection. And I, in a fugue state, bought two books. I don't know why, (laughs) but there was this great book and game store in the Istanbul airport. If If you're ever there for a connection, find book and press. There's several locations in the main mall. There's like a mall in this airport Mm -hmm. and there's several locations, find the big one. And it has tons of books and games. And so I bought Lucy Yee is not a romantic by Lauren Ho, which I had not heard of this, but the blurb on the cover was by Jody Pico. And it says, if Jane Austen and Kevin Kwan had a love child, it might well be this. And I said, Oh, well this, I have to have this book. Yeah. And then I bought Funny You Should Ash by Alyssa Sussman. So, you know, I probably shouldn't have bought these books. I probably won't get to them soon, but <laughs> hey, they made it made me happy in the moment. Yeah. And then I we are Libro FM uh affiliates, and they very graciously offer us um, advanced listening copies for certain books that are coming out. So this month's were really good. And I'm excited to talk about a lot of these on the podcast. And I, I grabbed almost all of them, but a couple that I'm really excited about (laughs) include our missing hearts by Celeste Ng um, demon copperhead by Barbara King solver. And um Oh, they also have Meredith Alone by Claire Alexander, which comes out in November. That's our book club book this year. So uh, for this this winter. So stay tuned for the date for that. And I'm really excited about Making a Scene by Constance Wu, her mm-hmm. memoir about her ca- career in entertainment. And I, I love her. I loved her in Crazy Rich Asians. And I'm sure she has some, some great stories. So I think I think that's it for me. I'm sure I, I'm sure it's not, but that's fine. <laughs> Too many to list. Awesome. <laughs> Kelly, how about you? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, oh, you were in a fugue state and you bought two books and you're like, I don't know why that happened. Well, we have been joking that uh, Julia and I may have freaky Friday. <laughs> so that's why that happened. Oh, you were right. me. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and you just randomly bought some books because that's what Kelly took over and that's what happened. (laughs) Can I talk to Kelly? (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's exactly what happened. Um, But yeah, so I got, I got myself a merry little meet cute um, as, as backstory there. So Julia and our friend Philip both have uh, birthdays right around each other, leading to what I call book club birthday. (laughs) And I went into uh, the Barnes and Noble to get presents for you both. And they did not have the book that I was initially planning to get you guys. Uh, but I found, I found that it was, it was put out early and um, I was like, Oh, Julia will want that. <laughs> so that was, that was a really fun surprise. That's why they put it out early. Cause it's yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, what what are they going to do? Not let you read something you want to read early? No, <laughs> of course not. Um, I got a physical copy of Jasmine Guillory's Drunk on Love. I Sometimes when I'm in a, a reading slump, reading a physical copy will help. Uh, that has not been the case this time. Uh, I'm, I'm slumping anyway, but just in case, I just kept buying. I got um, I'm the Girl by Courtney Summers. Um, I just found out that Karen McManus, who does Roy thrillers, she has a new book out called You'll Be the Death of Me. So I got that. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was hanging out with my best friend, Fergie, I found a little free library in Julia's neighborhood. Aww. There are several. Yeah. <laughs> I found one. And uh, now I need to find the others. Um, and I got mine by Delilah S. Dawson. 
And as soon as I finish any of these, I'm going to go put it in the little free library and give them mine back, the book mine back. Um, And then finally, while I was in the Barnes and Noble again, um, I found copies, a hardcover of Bridget Kemmerer's two most recent books, uh, Defend the Dawn, which has exclusive special content. It's a Barnes and Noble exclusive. So I was like, Mm -hmm. awesome. And then I got Forging Silver into Stars, which also includes special content Mm -hmm. and was a signed copy. So very excited to read both of those. Perfect. Cool. Nice. So, um, well, I haven't gotten anything, I don't think, other than the Libra FM advanced listening copies. I got the same ones Julia got, plus the Misty Copeland uh, memoir, which I'm excited for. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really been buying anything, which get books anyway. I think I might put myself on a book buying ban mm-hmm. for the rest of the year because mm-hmm. Christmas is coming up. I just took a big trip. So I'm like, oh, I want to save my money. <laughs> Yeah. So I think I might, and I have plenty to read. (laughs) I think maybe not. All right. Well, good. Uh, Dibs on Gina Davis's book for you for Christmas. (laughs) I I called it Rachel. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be discussing our year in slump check, check, check. So stick around and we will be right back. You know what you know what you should read. 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 It's time for what you should read. And we are back and we're doing kind of a fall check-in, see how the year in reading has been going. We've been having a lot of side discussions amongst the three of us about how things are a little different this year and maybe not in a great way, maybe just in a different way. So we thought we would just have a general discussion about how the year in reading is going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we should start by first talking about for each of us individually, what is our usual for a year? Like how much do you typically read in a year? Um, Kelly, I'll start with you. Um, okay. So pre-pandemic, I would usually read around, we'll say, Oh God, this is going to make me sound like such a weirdo. (laughs) I would usually read around 300 books a year, sometimes more. I read a lot. That was what I did. Um, 2020 and last year, um, I read under 200 books, but not by much. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I think, 285 last year. Or no, I think it was 285 in 2020 and then like 290 maybe last year, something like that. Uh, this year, for the first time since I've been keeping track, I'm almost definitely not hitting 100 books, which it's weird, mm. but it's it's not something that I feel badly about. Like I'm I'm not putting pressure on myself to read you know, more or not do something I want to do and stay home to read instead. Um, Yeah. It just, it feels weird. Hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, we should preface this too, by saying, you know, if you are not the kind of person who reads a hundred or more books a year, you know, you should not feel bad about that. This is all just just basing this on our, our individual, like what's normal for us and how things feel Mm -hmm. differently this year, if they do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think people shouldn't, you know, feel one way or another about, you know, like, oh, I read too much or I read not enough. Right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like if, if you're, you're listening to this and it sounds like I'm saying that anyone who doesn't read at bare minimum, a hundred books a year or more is like, I don't know, intellectually lazy or whatever. I don't think that at all. Like, right. It's just for you. Reading is your main hobby. Right. Like we should all be reading as much or as little as we want. And uh, I, I know we've all seen that graphic that shows that um, most people after getting out of high school or college read one book a year or or less somehow. Um, so, I mean, whatever you read that's over a book a year, hey, you're doing better than most people. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 What about, what about you, Rach? 
I, so my norm the last few years have been over a hundred books a year, like between a hundred and 120, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and I've really enjoyed reading that much, um, because there's so many books that I want to read. So it makes it easier to get to that, get to all the books if I'm reading a lot. And that's, that's what I love. Cause that's been my priority this year. I, <sighs> It started out because I was like working a lot earlier this year. Like I got a second job teaching graduate courses online. And so that took up a lot of time. So it was like, okay, it makes sense that I'm not reading. Um, And even as I like kind of got used to that schedule, I did start reading more, but I reached like, I got to like mid year and I had barely read 30 books. So for, which for me is like half of my norm, right? So I was like, I'm going to do my 33 books in 33 days challenge leading up to my 33rd birthday. And I did it. I doubled my books for the year in a month. Um, And I was like, yes, I'm like back on track and I'm going to be back to reading my normal amount. And I lied. Um, (laughs) But since my birthday, I've been sick, like so sick, trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Um, that like most days I just have barely enough energy to just get through the day and like bare minimum of like work and everything. So I just like sit on my couch and watch TV pretty much, or I'm on my phone because that doesn't require a lot of energy for me mental or otherwise. So yeah, I just, I'm at like 76 or something for the year, which is still a lot. I've read a lot of books this year, but I don't know. It just feels like, like I haven't picked up a book in weeks. It just like feels like I don't have the motivation. Yeah. It's hard. And I think you have to listen to your body. You have to listen Mm -hmm. to like, you know, it's, it's a form of self-care if reading Mm -hmm. is what you want to do and you have a new book that you're really excited about, you know, you can't put down. That's a great feeling, but the same, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have that book going, it's, you know, I think it's totally fine if you just want to rewatch The Good Place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, I don't, I don't read quite as many books in a year as the two of you. I'm usually for the past couple of years, I've been around 80 per year. And then before we started the podcast, I was more in the like 40 to 60 range, depending on, you know, depending on the year. And um, at this moment, I'm on track to do what I've done the past couple of years, I've read 55 books so far. So if I read, you know, um, well, I guess I might be a little behind because I would have to read 25 more to hit 80. And mm-hmm. that seems like a tall order for three months for me. So I, I guess I would say I'm also a little bit behind. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel any sort of way about that though. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> What I do feel a way about is I'm not super jazzed about the books I've read this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't get me wrong. There are some that I've had a great time reading. Like I fell in love with the Ashling series. I read four of the five books this year of that series. And there's supposed to be a fifth one coming out, but I don't know if there's even a release date yet. I thought it would be this fall and I have no idea what's going on. And I'm, I check all the time. If anyone in, in the podcast, listening to the podcast right now knows what's going on with um, the importance of being Ashling book five, please let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's not to say I haven't, you know, had a great time reading certain books, but there've been a lot more just, you know, Oh, that was okay. And, yeah. and I, there's no, you know, like new favorite book of all time so far this year. Um, so that's, that's kind of been different for me this year. Yeah. Is there anything else other than the amount that you're reading that you feel is different for you this year? I think for me, I have, uh, I find my attention span is different with books, like even like across all genres, like it's not like, oh, I'm reading different books than I used to. Like I'm reading the same kind of books, but I'm looking at this stack. I have seven books next to me and a few like audiobooks and eBooks on my phone that I've started and just haven't finished but they're not DNFs. Like I DNF books, you know, if I'm like, "Ah, I'm not feeling this, I'm not going to want to finish it. And I'll just like get rid of it, you know, sell it or whatever. Um, But 
like these books I'm enjoying, like I read them and I'm like, this is great. But it, then I just have no motivation to pick it up again. So it's just not right for right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's I keep adding to it. Like I have this big pile and I'm like, I need to finish these. But I just am like, meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe later. So that's unusual for me. Like usually I either finish it or I don't finish it. And I know I'm not going to. But like you, you move on. Right. I move on. But these ones, I'm just like, no, I want to finish them. I just don't want to finish them right now. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, something that's been different is I have purposely DNF'd more books. You know, I've, I've made the conscious choice because I'm the opposite of you, Rachel, that there are a lot of books where I, you know, in the past I'll start reading and be like, oh, I'm just going to put this down for now, but I will get to it, you know? And then I never (laughs) do. Um, but this year I've decided like, no, if I don't want to, if I'm not into it, I'm going to stop. Even if I read half of it and feel like I should continue, if it's, I've been a lot more strict about Mm. not wasting my time basically, Mm -hmm. because life is too short. So that's, that's been something that's been different and good for me. I think, you know, it, it means I, you know, can move on to something better. Um, yeah. What about you, Kelly? Anything different this year? Um, the, the most concrete thing I can point to. So, um, anyone who's listened to the podcast or who knows me at all knows that Stephen King is my favorite author, right? So fairy tale was one of my most anticipated books this year. Um, I started reading it on September 6th, the day that it came out and I finished it on the 28th which means that I was reading it for three full weeks and probably about half the next day. So that's, that's almost unheard of for me. Was it good? Um, it was, it's not my favorite Stephen King, but it's, it's what, like 600 pages. And, um, we'll compare that to under the dome, which is 1039 pages and came out on November 10th, 2009. That is my least favorite of his epics. And I started that on, um, what did I just say? November 10th. I finished that on the 15th. Mm. And that was a pretty long time for me to be reading because, you know, like generally Stephen King's books, I will finish them in a day or two. Yeah. But not, not this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I don't really have, I don't have an attention span. I'm less likely to pick up a book. Mm. Um, I'm I'm mostly reading lighter books, I think. Although that's just a feeling I did not I did not look that up the way that I looked up how long I spent reading fairy tale versus under the dome. Right. But so if we're not reading as much, what are we doing instead? <laughs> what are some are there any hobbies or forms of self-care that you've been participating in that you find to be relaxing or um, fulfilling? Um, well, uh, I fell in love, so that's been fun. Yay. Um, and I do a horror movie podcast, but I'm, I'm not watching as many of those either, but that's what I've been doing this weekend. Cause, uh, it's October 2nd. We're officially in Halloween season, even yes. though I'm always in Halloween season, but everyone else is joining me here. So nice. that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you, Rachel? Uh no. Uh I mean I I mean nothing new. I've been watching a lot of TV, but not even really new TV. I rewatched Downton Abbey at least four times this year. That's amazing. <laughs> um yeah. it's just such a comforting show for me. It's one of those shows where like, I don't know, I just enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm almost like, what am I doing? I'm sure if I looked at my phone's like history, I could see how many hours I spent on TikTok this year, which might scare me. So I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. Nope. Oh, that's the other thing I've done. I'm on TikTok now and uh, I'm sending a lot of videos to Rachel, but not Julia anymore. <laughs> you can send them via our, our chat thread. I just, I don't promise I will watch them. I am on TikTok now too. But I'm not going to watch a video that someone shares in the app because I'm already in too many. There's too many apps that people that I'm getting. I'm okay. 
I'm a geriatric millennial, clearly. <laughs> not not the target audience for TikTok. But yeah. I, I, I've been having fun watching. And and yeah, you can waste a lot of time. Or you can get sucked in, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. It's just so bad because um, it, it's very easy to just send a video to somebody. And um, I, I've been sending a bunch through the app to people. <laughs> Uh, which means that sometimes if I am then with that person and they open the DM in front of me, and I just see like a whole list of me sending stuff. I think my record was 13 or 14 to Susan. <laughs> and then she watched them all in front of me. And I was like, oh, God, this is excruciating. So uh, I need an intervention with that, I think. <laughs> I I think I've been spending a lot more time with friends and family, which mm-hmm. is a good thing to be doing if I'm not reading. And sure. I need that mental distraction right now. And I think part of my maybe slower reading pace is uh, my mind will just wander more this year. And maybe I, I just, I want more interaction and something to keep my brain occupied. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's been good. You know, I've, I feel like I've had visitors a lot lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we took that big trip to Greece, which is, was incredible. I did finish a book um, on my trip on the way there. I read half of it on the way back. I read the other half. It was killers of a certain age by Deanna Rayburn. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended five stars. That was, that was a fun read. I will say. Perfect. Yep. So um but yeah, I think that's what I've been doing instead. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. You both have way better excuses than I do. <laughs> no, you have a good reason um, for sure. So I guess thinking ahead, like I said, we have 90 days left in the year. Crazy. Um, are there any books that you're hoping to get to maybe a backlist book you're hoping to get to or and this might be a a jinx but is there a book you know you'll definitely read before the end of the year uh kelly i'll start with you Mm. um i'm i'm 99 sure i will finish uh a merry little meet cute okay well you're reading that now (laughs) whatever it counts okay Um, i'll allow it Thank you. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to read I'm the girl cuz I'm I'm very I'm very excited for that one. Although um after I finished Fairy Tale, I was uh I was at your house. Um because while you guys were in Greece, I was hanging out with my best friend Fergie and we had the best time. We had an ice cream party. Um we watched some horror movies, a uh, lot funny. lot of hanging out time. Yeah. Aww. Um, but yeah, so I was trying to decide what to read next and I was looking at Merry Little Meet Cute or I'm the Girl, which is the new Courtney Summers. And it, it felt like, do you ever, it, it's like such a stupid, stupid decision, but it felt like a very deliberate and important choice. (laughs) So I chose the happy fun book and not the, uh, rage inducing book. So I don't know who I am, uh, but hopefully I'll I'll read that too. And as far as books that I do not yet have, uh, the Celeste Ng I think is is what I'm I'm most 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 excited for. I just realized Kelly that it's spooky season and you're currently reading a Christmas book, so the the Freaky Friday of it all continues. <laughs> yes. yes, very much. Please send me back to me. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Rachel, what about you? Um, so I definitely, I definitely, I'm really looking forward to Stellar Loon coming out, the ninth book in The Keeper of the Lost Cities, because I know I'm going to read that, no problem. Um, so I don't know, maybe I should just start from the beginning again and reread the, <laughs> the eight and a well, half. That's fun. You know, like maybe that would be enjoyable I mean they're super long but they're middle grade so they're easy to read yeah um I could go to my library and see how many they have in stock (laughs) um but definitely that one I'm definitely gonna read um as soon as I get my hands on it um 
otherwise, like I really want to get, there's a lot I really want to get to. It's just like getting the motivation and backlist. I have a ton of backlists on my shelf that like, I actually just a couple of weeks ago did a clean out of my TBR cart where I, I got rid of a few books that I haven't read. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to get to this, you know, mm-hmm. which was nice. That was a good feeling. Like, look, takes the pressure off just getting rid of it. Um, but it wasn't that many. I still have a really like stuffed full cart. Um, sorry. I had a little like heart flutter. So oh. cut that out. Yeah. Um, so I have a ton of books that again, I just went through it. So I know they're ones I want to read. Cause if I hadn't been like, I can't wait to read this. I wouldn't have kept it. So <sighs> I really wanted to start reading again. Like after Greece, because I was like, I don't know, it felt like a reset emotionally and like, but I'm still recovering from jet lag. It's only been a couple of days. Yeah. (laughs) It was a big trip and we did so much. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm still processing it. I'm still writing all the reviews from, you know, the tours we did. And um, so I'm like re reliving Mm -hmm. the memories, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll read the new Emily Stone before the end of the year because it's a Christmas book and I really, you know, just enjoyed the book, the other book she wrote. So um, One Last Gift, I think is the title of her new one. So I'll probably read that one before the end of the year. If the new Ashling book comes out, I'll definitely read that. (laughs) Backlist. I don't know. I mean, that's a, I, that's a good thought. I should, I should go through and kind of get rid of some books that, and I I've been doing that because I've, like I said, I've been DNFing a lot of books, Mm -hmm. books that I didn't think I would DNF, but I'm being pretty ruthless about it. So I'm just giving those away if I'm not into them. So yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting year for sure. Yep. I'm doing a search to see, um, like I'm looking through my Kindle to see if there are any e-galleys that I'm really excited to read. And I'm, I'm not seeing any, although I know that's not true because, mm-hmm. you know, I know there's stuff I'm really excited for. Um, ooh, the new Trish Dollar I got approved for. She has um, the first in a trilogy of interconnected books is Float Plan. And I loved that. And I got... Um, I have the second book in the series that I have not read yet, as I do. Um, but then I just got, um, let me find it here. I just got pitched the the third one. Like, oh, hey, would you would you be interested in reading this? It's called Off the Map. And I was like, God, yes, I would. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm really, really excited for that too. And oh, if if anybody wants a um a short story it's free on prime uh jenny lawson has a holiday essay called i choose darkness and it is the absolute like really funniest thing i have read in ages it's so, an essay or a short story it's well it, it says short story but it is an essay oh okay yeah cool yeah awesome. it's 25 pages oh fun <laughs> yeah final thoughts on this topic I hope to read more soon. Yeah, I feel kind of sad that I have no motivation to read because it really is my favorite pastime. And maybe it's just that I haven't found the right book for me right now. So maybe I just need to like try hard, like try different stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, it's like there have been books where I've had, you know, that feeling of, oh, I love this book. I'm having so much fun reading it, but I haven't been on a roll this mm-hmm. year, you know, right. where you, you know, where you like read three, four or five books in a row but, that are like that. And it's like, oh, right. I'm, on a, I'm on a reading roll. I haven't felt that. And that is a bummer, but I don't think it'll last forever. Yeah, no, I agree. I, cause when I scroll through like on Goodreads so far, the books I've read this year, there are some all-time favorites in here. I mean, Last Chance Library, um, Firekeeper's Daughter, um, the Emily Henry books, um, you know, just Mad Honey. I mean, like I've read some incredible five-star books this year, but, you know, in between a bunch of like, yeah, that was fine books. So it's just been a little harder to feel like picking a new one up. 
It's hard too, because we have, we have a book recommendation podcast. I also feel like we have, we maybe put the pressure on ourselves to be reading a lot and enjoying the books we're reading so we can recommend them, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not something we can control necessarily. I mean, we could, but we all, we also, this is our hobby. We also all have full-time jobs and other things going on. So I think maybe it's just been a slumpy year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And hopefully next year will be better. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, I guess we'll talk about TV. Yeah. What you should watch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but unfortunately, that would also just be like uh Gilmore Girls again. I don't know. Yeah. Gilmore yeah. Girls and Downton Abbey in the good place. <laughs> We're <laughs> so predictable. Also, <laughs> those Ted Lasso and Schitt's Creek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, we we've got seasons of content here. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, um yes. so this is, I mean, it's gonna be a movie, but this is book related. Um Michael Osiello, who was with, I think, Entertainment Weekly and then left to start TV line. Mm-hmm. Um, Gilmore Girls super fan, Michael yes. Osiello, um, yes. who was in the uh, Year in the Life revival as a cameo, uh, wrote a book called Spoiler Alert about his relationship with his uh, boyfriend who became his husband and who, I mean, spoiler alert, although it's very obvious from the book. And the trailer of the movie that's going to be coming out, his partner died of cancer. And uh, they're they're doing a movie and it looks to be so good. And he's going to, uh, Michael Osiello is going to be played by uh, Jim Parsons. Aww. So uh, here is, here's a, a fun thought exercise in the, I'm sure to be written memoir of this podcast <laughs> and how amazing we are. Mm-hmm. Who would you have play you? I would like Hannah Waddingham who looks nothing like me at all. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, Rory, Alexis Bledel. <laughs> nice. Yes. That's good. It's a good one. I don't know. I don't know any actors. <laughs> Like I I can't think of any, I mean, right now. Hmm. Pick for me. <laughs> I want to pick someone from like one of the Disney Channel shows or something like that, you know. <laughs> Jeanette McCurdy. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. V Hudge. Baby V Hudge. Oh, who plays that? What um what what is that show we liked the sex lives of college girls oh yeah um who plays the one sister is that her the one with the shorter hair yeah yeah she's that'd be a good pick for you yeah her but she's she's timothy chalamet's sister i didn't know that yeah oh that's so funny something i can't remember what her name is yeah yeah oh that's hilarious he is hilarious that's like okay that's a good pick yeah yeah (laughs) And I, I would like uh, the memoir about the podcast, we'll say, becoming huge and getting to having this become our full-time job. And, you know, sure, maybe Netflix will do another Gilmore Girls reunion season and we can Seriously. be extras. And yeah, we can be Stars Hollow citizens. Please, I would love yes, that. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, I want to also say happy fall. It's fall, which is our... Yeah my favorite season other than the Christmas season. And I know it's Kelly's favorite because it's spooky season. Halloween. Yes. I mean, I think we love fall for different reasons, Kelly, but we can both enjoy. We can both be happy that it is fall. Yeah. (laughs) Happy pumpkin spice, apple cider. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Scary movies, Reese's pumpkins. It's the best time of the year. It really is. For sure. (laughs) Well, I I enjoyed this conversation because it did help me, I think good yeah what we're here for <laughs> is there going to be a new Downton Abbey movie are they doing a third one do we know I um so. I know in interviews they've said like I mean maybe you know like we'd be willing pretty much everyone is willing I think Julian Fellows if he's going to continue with the Downton Abbey universe he needs to jump ahead to when the kids are older and yeah just like because George would I want to see George like because he'll probably be like a fight jet fighter pi- fighter jet pilot in world war ii or something like he right. would be the right age so i feel like like if they jumped ahead to world war ii like that would be a lot of good like content oh yeah and very interesting storylines and then like sibby can like 
I don't know. I feel like she would lead like an anti-war, like women's yeah. league or something. And I don't know. I feel like there'd be, yeah, I want the kids to be, she'd be fixing cars. She'd be amazing. Oh my God. Yes. Mm. Uh, be fun. I would watch that. <laughs> All right. Shall we sign off? Mm. Yes. <laughs> so that is our show. Hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully you're doing better than we are in terms of reading. Uh, give us recommendations. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what actresses do you think would play us? That would be, be nice. We've got feelings, but you know, that would be fun. Um, what TV show would you like to make a cameo in? I don't know. Uh, book recommendations. I, as I already said, but most importantly, if you don't have a Libro FM membership, uh, use promo code WYSR and you can get uh, two books for the price of one your first month. Yes. And be sure to follow us on social media at WYSR underscore podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. And be sure to um, email us at what you should read podcast at gmail.com with your thoughts. And please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And now you know what you should read. You're welcome. I hope you're already asleep, but if not, go to sleep, Michelle. It's time for what you should read. The podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your team. 